out there There's a world outside of Yonkers Way out there beyond this hick town, Barnaby There's a slick town, Barnaby Now back to Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progress 127 Close your eyes and see it Listen, Listen Barnaby. Barnaby Listen, Listen Barnaby, Barnaby. Put on your Sunday clothes, there's lots of world out there. Did you just say Eva, Eva Chris? And dime cigars. You get the reference. If you're a certain age, you know this is the song the whole cast sings in Gene Kelly's film of Hello, Dolly. I know our next guest knows that. But if you live with little people of a certain age, you know that this is the song in, I would say, Pixar is maybe their greatest film Wally, which is a Chaplin film. It's just an animated movie about robots, but it's Chaplin level great. And this is the movie where a robot learns to love from watching this film. And that is the voice of Michael Crawford, who is best known for being the Phantom and the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Uh, but he also plays the charming, goofy young guy uh, get opposite Barbara Streisand in Hello, Dolly. Michael Crawford was born 80 years ago today just like our next guest no no that's not what i'm saying no that's that's a terrible segue it doesn't work at all no our next guest however is the comic the actor the radio star the first openly gay black radio host at sirius xm the man who co-anchored the morning show on the breakthrough channel outcue the man who has a wonderful broadway podcast keith price's curtain call that keeps on going even if broadway doesn't i like to say keith price teeth nice Brief, concise, with just enough vice. My Christmas wreath, my comedic device. No beef, no grief, no sacrifice. My chief bequeaths precise advice. My aperitif, my pizza slice. My ginger spice, my Susan Rice. My vanilla ice in paradise. He's seen everything on Broadway twice. He knows all the words to Edelweiss. My belief, it'd be so nice if we could all be underpriced. Huh? Keith Price, welcome. that. Oh, my gosh. That's How like a rap you, opening. I feel like I should like <laughs> respond in verse. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm groovy. Okay, first of all, thank you for my Hello Dolly moment. That was great. You know who else is in that movie too? Tommy Toon. That's right. Big old, big old tall Tommy Toon a is in that. Very one. young, very young Tommy Toon in that one. Yeah, and Louis Armstrong's in that movie. And Louis Armstrong singing Hello Dolly. If you grew up a certain time, you thought Louis Armstrong was the old guy singing Hello, Dolly. And then, like, (laughs) for me, like, that's who I like. Oh, my mom likes Louis Armstrong. And then I'm like 20 and I finally hear the hot fives and sevens. And I'm like, holy shit, this is Rock and Roll Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. I mean, you'd never have an idea what a great, uh, horrifically edgy artist Louis Armstrong was. Of course. You know, and the funny thing is, is that just for that particular film, I feel like Cliff Clavin now. But for that particular film... When they were doing the 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 music, the cast recording for uh, Hello Dolly, when Jerry Herman was writing it, when they decided they were going to do the show and mount the show, the song Hello Dolly came out before the actual production of the show right. yeah. hit Broadway. And that's why it became an earworm so early on. So once the show hit, ba-boom, there you go. Ba-boom, there you go. That's like, I, that. that's like early advertising, you know, like the Pippin in the commercial back in the 70s. I just watched the movie for the first time since I was a little kid because my little kid wanted to see it because he knows the songs oh, wow. from watching Wally, and uh, you know parts of it have aged really well. Parts, of, I mean, the Walter oh. Matthau casting is as interesting now as it ever was. But uh, Christine, 
Gene Kelly's Horace. a genius. Horace. <laughs> Horace. Keith, you have a great piece about Joe Biden and all the fuckery we've witnessed on uh, HeyJorge.com <laughs> called You Are Mad Now. Before we talk about what has happened in the last 24 hours, I want to play a little clip. Uh, this is A4, Captain. This is Joe Biden earlier today. By the way, Joe Biden is older than rocks. I know he's an old man. He's our oldest president ever, our oldest mm. elected, oldest serving ever. Um, and he, Jets today, gave the longest press conference in U.S. history for a president. And they asked him, what would you say to black voters who feel let down by the stalled and now gutted protection of voting rights? And so the idea that I that that I didn't either anticipate or because I didn't speak to it as fervently as they want me to earlier. In the meantime, I was spending a lot of time, spent hours and hours and hours talking with my colleagues on the Democratic side, trying to get them to agree that if, in fact, this occurred, if this push continued, that they would be there for John Lewis and anyway. So... Um, but I think that's that's a problem that is my own making by not communicating as much as I should have. Yet you find that uh, when you deal with members of the Black Caucus and others in the, in the United States Congress, I still have very close working relationships. So it's like every community. I'm sure that there are those in the community and I'm a, I'm a big labor guy. I'm sure there's people in labor saying, why haven't I been able to do A, B, C, or D? So it's just going to take a little bit of time. Keith, I refuse to be angry about this. I'll be outraged. I'm not going to mm -hmm. get angry because we okay. already knew there was 50 little racists who hate democracy on the Republican side. Mm -hmm. And we already knew there were two little quizlings who like all that Republican money they've been getting for the last year on the Democratic mm -hmm. side. So none of this is a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. I'm trying to view this as a way of saying, okay, there's 11 months to mobilize. This is what we're up against. How do you feel tonight after seeing both the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, presumably, go down in flames? Well, I am not surprised. I knew that. The numbers going in, I knew it was going to be this way. What I am surprised at is how surprised other people are. <laughs> you know, they're still they're still in some sort of denial about all of this. And, you know, I remember back in December of 2020 after the elections and we started to get quotes, conversational moments coming out of Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin before we even had right. gotten to the inauguration. And they were already talking about what they weren't planning on doing when they got into this, this situation. They weren't really planning on supporting the voting thing, and they certainly weren't planning on supporting spending trillions and trillions of dollars. And Correct. so I knew I knew that then, and it seems as if, you know, they made their statements to the press. And I remember tweeting like, Schumer needs to shut that down because we don't need to have them putting out that kind of energy before we even got the game started. Because, you know, the president hadn't even been sworn in and we hadn't even had, I, I want to say we hadn't had the January 6th moment either, but it was like in that weird window, like before Christmas and before January 5th, that they were popping off conversations into the press. And I was like, you know, we need to try to have the United Front now because that's what's going to be needed to get to the, the rest of it. And so yes. the fact that they, you, you know, that he sat on that not knowing it. And to me, again, 
I recognize the importance of what this means. It's sort of like, if people do not have access to the polls and they cannot get to vote, all of these people that are standing here going, well, I'm not really sure what the Republicans are doing and why they're not arguing. Those people are going to be without a job. Yep. Because, because the Republicans have already put the fix in. They fixed it all the way down to the local uh, school board elections at this point now. And so the problem is, is that you were, they're all standing around expecting a level of equity in conversation and equity in a rational you know, debate. They're not going to get that. And they're acting as if they're going to get that at some particular point in time. And the bottom line is it's not happening. So the question is, how then do you get your shit done with what's in front of you, knowing that yeah. you have to deal with these things. And so they, he chose to not say anything. Like I said in that piece too, you know, when Jasmine Crockett and all of those folks came up here from Texas, sounding the alarm about what's happening in Texas and voting, and we had already had the Georgia stuff passed in the cloak of darkness behind a fucking plantation picture, you know, like it was already put out there that we are having an issue that needs the government to step in because even though they're not saying that is exactly what they're doing, that is exactly what they're doing. They're stopping people from getting to the polls. And yes. so if, and that is a violation of my right as a citizen of the United States, therefore the department of justice should be putting their giant big, you know, size, whatever foots they got down on top of these, these state houses and, and bringing some sort of equity to this. Because like I said before, if they don't get this squared away or fixed away or put in some sort of perspective to where they can deal with it, they're going to impeach if they get the majority. Yeah. If they, they get will. the Senate, you know, well, the Senate, depending on, you know, they still got to have what, 65, 75 to, to, to get somebody out completely, yeah. but yeah. they're going to have enough stuff to block any kind of legislation they're going to have enough yeah. to stop anything that happens and it's they like they already do they already do, they already do. They and already so do. if they're in the minority not... and they have enough to stop any legislation exactly and where in this country do you see the minorities having this much power except for when they're white people exactly you know right yeah i know well yeah. again you know the people who hate minorities really hate that they're becoming one in the year right. 2045. And, and Emily's List, that's the, the group the group that backs female Democrats who support abortion rights. They just announced that they're not going to endorse Kirsten Sinema anymore because she opposed changing the Senate rules to pass this legislation. I mean, we've seen this coming. She said last week in the Senate that she would not support changing the rules, which allow a minority of senators to block legislation. So <laughs> her and Manchin together, you know, that that's it. That's like, what they've now, done. Now, Narol. The other big abortion rights group said that they're not going to endorse any senator who opposes changing the Senate rules to pass voting rights legislation. They didn't mention anybody by name, but I was going to say they are they are burning it down. And and here's the deal. Uh, Our friend Amanda Marcotte made a great point. Um, Cinema no longer meets their criteria, which is female, democratic and pro-choice, because you can make the (laughs) argument that Kirsten Cinema is not pro-choice because her pro filibuster stance will keep Congress from protecting abortion rights. Mm-hmm. Of course it will. And again, so let's see. So she slipped through the, the chain. Let's, let's ask why she managed to slip through the chain. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she's a decent looking white woman, America, 
America has their misogyny, so let's try to push up the woman. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, she's part of the LGBTQIA alphabet suit thing. Ooh, well, we really got to find a, a a way to push and buoy that that up because uh. that needs to happen. And of course, you know how a lot of people in my community feel personally when they interacting with bisexuals on an interpersonal level, the different issues that they have, and it's very similar to this political. Are side we going to have the bisexual conversation? Because I'm ready to I, have listen, it. Listen, I'm. I'm not I'm not coming for my bisexuals. You know, you do what you got to do. You know, call me part time <laughs> if no, that's no, what's no, going but, down. But but, uh, we, but when it comes to that, that indecisiveness, that flip floppiness, that that level of deceit that some of uh, some people have to exhibit in order to exist as such. I'm trying to be as kind as I can because, you know, I, I, get, I have had listen, my own. I've had my experiences as well. well I know. I you know. Listen, if I had a dollar for every gay man I know who hates bisexual men, I know. I know. <laughs> I, don't, it is. I, don't, I don't hate them. I know. It's just that I can't say it. Last night we had we had the ladies from the uh, the, the 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 dumb gay politics podcast on. And, you know, Kirsten <laughs> Cinema is, of course, the she is the only. Uh, openly bisexual senator in history, mm -hmm. and I had her on one of my TV shows once, and I, I praised her. Uh, I was a, I, I came out as a fan, mm -hmm. but uh, what does it mean that the most famous open bisexual in the history of our politics is now synonymous with dishonesty and being confused? The two traits bisexuals don't need a spokesperson embodying are being confused and being dishonest, and, and that boom. Said by the heterosexual man. That's it. Said thank by you, the, sir. Yes. Thank you very confirmed much. Thank you for... My confirmed heterosexual friend has t testified to what we, some of us have been saying. But, mm -hmm. but again, you know, on an interpersonal relationship, if that's not what you're looking to deal with, that's one thing. But when yeah. you're talking about dealing with the rights of people in this country and, and, and you call yourself a citizen, it's like, listen, she only felt brave enough to say bisexual because she knows that that means a paycheck from somebody. Right. Somebody's going to drop a donation because she says she's bisexual. Right. I know. Yeah. I look, you know? And I, and and I get it. And by the way, I might be, you know, a nervous uh, heterosexual, but I am married to a very angry bisexual. Uh, and all the bisexual <laughs> women I know are hating on this bitch like you have no idea. Well, because she's messing up their game. Now back to Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progress 127. Happy 10th anniversary. Happy 10-year birthday to the release of the leadoff single of one of Bruce Springsteen's most underrated records. We take care of our own. Barack Obama's 2012 campaign re-election theme from the excellent, excellent, really good record, Wrecking Ball. Uh, Keith Price, how do we follow you and keep up with your work? They can find me at Comedy Daddy over there on the Twitter, KeithPriceComic.com, and check out HeyJorge.com for what's latest. And if you come on and you say hi to me online, and I'll send you a link to the latest thing that I got coming up for the next Hey Jorge. Oh. What you like, chapter and verse, baby. What are you writing about? Actually, I, I wrote a, a piece about um, the great Galatians 6-9 about uh, being able to keep treading on and then as long as we faint not and how that has affected a lot of the conversations that we were just having. But I'll send you the the sneak and we can talk about it a little bit later. But that's going to be my next upcoming one for Hey Jorge. 
So fantastic. Keith, thank uh, you so much. You helped me get through a lot of rough hump days, and I always look forward to Wednesdays because I get to hang out with you. Uh, I can't wait till I we can do it in John. person again. Uh, thank yes. you to the, the great Bob Seska for leading us off tonight. Uh, that Liz hunk Winstead. of man. Sorry, Liz Winstead. We were, I'm sorry, Bob Seska ran long. Didn't get Liz Winstead tonight. But uh, thank you, Thea Harper, for being our wonderful associate producer. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of our calls. Thank you, guys. We'll get you tomorrow. And Chris Hauselt, of course, uh, is the best executive producer I've ever had who still speaks to me. We will be back tomorrow. And in the next couple of weeks, our guests include John Cameron Mitchell and Tears for Fears. I'm Chad Fugel saying thank you for being with us. And remember, please, there's no problem with voter impersonation. Voter ID laws solve zero problems. And the Freedom to Vote Act, the John Lewis Act, gave the right to vote to nobody who didn't already have it. Saddle up, people. The midterms began tonight. Peace. Peace.